You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Tracy Murdo with the Future Tech Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have a special guest, Dan Schoenbaum, COO and President of Risk IQ. Thanks for stopping by, Dan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I think it's your visit comes at a, a good time and critical time for everyone in the world where cybersecurity and things like that are obviously more important now probably than ever before. Um, so why don't we start with a little bit of an introduction. I'm curious what your background is as far as technology and security specifically, and then talk a little bit about what RiskIQ is uh, and how you guys got started. That sounds great. So my background, I've... Um been fascinated by technology since I was a kid, um, and I always like to start there um, because my, not to date myself, but before Dell and Gateway came around, I was actually buying components and building my own PCs and selling them out of my house, and so I funded uh, much of my life by um, just being entrepreneurial and doing things around computers, but um, it started out really early just building my own computers. And so I've um, parlayed that into just, you know, a life in technology. Um, and I'm not a developer. I'm not a programmer. I've always been on the business side. And so I've worked for both early stage startup companies where, um, you know, we've built companies from scratch from, you know, the first lines of code to thousands of customers. And I've also worked for some of the largest um you know, multi-billion dollar companies uh, in leadership roles and as CEO. Um, but I have to say the, the area of technology that most fascinates me is security. And I hate to say it, and it's a sad reality, but security is always going to be a reality. The bad guys, people out there trying to do uh, malicious things with your data, um, your corporate information, or to your own personal safety, um, are never going to go away. Um, we see it in the news every day. And I really like the combination of bringing technology to this, uh, you know, really um, challenging problem that is truly global in nature and, you know, figuring out how to solve that. So that's just a little bit about my background. And I joined Risk IQ, which is a global company based uh, out of San Francisco but we have teams all over the world um, after seeing what they do when they do something that's really unique um, and they're able to crawl the internet and look at billions and billions of elements 
uh, and they look for malware on a daily basis. Um, and I, when I realized how significant what they're doing was, I immediately wanted to be a part of the company and, and the team. But a good way to think about it, um, to round out my answer, is what Google does for search on the internet, Risk IQ is doing for malware, you know, people who want to cause harm to your company. We essentially find everything that's outside of your firewall that's on the internet and we identify it proactively for you. So without getting too technical, if it's possible, how exactly is that done? What is yeah, the absolutely. platform that you're using? That's a great question. So we're really a data science company. And, you know, the, the heart and the core of what we do um, is, is data science. And we look at web, we, we use the word crawl, but we're looking at billions of pages a day. So these could be web pages. We can look at applications that are mobile. So think of the, most people, when I say mobile applications, they think of the Apple or the Android store, but there are actually thousands and thousands of mobile app stores all over the world with millions of applications. Um, many of them are legitimate. Unfortunately, there are plenty that are illegitimate. Um, so we also look at mobile applications and we look at social media. So um, why do we look at that? So companies traditionally, you know, I guess I could best refer to it as traditional security programs focus on building a wall or a perimeter. And think of it almost like a castle, right? When you have a castle, you build a moat and a large door and a gate to get in. And that's what companies have been doing for the last 25 years. They build a firewall, they build antivirus protection, they have rules, they have passwords. All of the focus has been on the inside. So building this fortress so nobody can get in. But research has shown that traditional approaches in security just aren't working. There's a massive breach with British Airways recently, there are, you know, very large uh, breaches with Target. And despite having large, sophisticated security programs, they aren't able to stop people from stealing their data or leveraging, you know, a web page that has a credit card control to start to siphon off that information. And so what we do is we take a completely different approach. Often we're referred to as a pioneer in the industry where we focus on what's outside of your firewall, 75% of the attacks originate there. And so instead of being reactive, we try to be proactive. So I like analogies and, and, and I like to make things simple. So I almost think of what Risk IQ does as being like a drone on a battlefield. The job of the drone is to fly out and take pictures and find the bad guys on the battlefield and if needed, eliminate them before they become a threat. And so we are the technology equivalent of that. We are the eyes and ears looking at billions of elements on the web every day. And if there's, if you're a bank, there is a legitimate mobile app out there. But more and more, we're seeing apps that look like they are your mobile app or they pretend that they are your mobile app. And people, unfortunately, are tricked. This is just an example, are tricked into entering in their banking information, their password, Sometimes it's their credit card information, and all that information is sent off to a third party who will unfortunately you know, use that in a malicious way to take your money or to you know, steal your asset. And so we are out there looking for those things 24-7. It's not something that can be done manually, and it's not something that can be done 
by looking at the data yourself. And so one of the things that I'm most impressed with RiskIQ is our machine learning capability where we can look at billions of assets a day. We scan and analyze a page and within milliseconds can determine whether it's friend or foe. Is it a legitimate page or is it illegitimate? And we'll flag it. And so um, that's a big part of what we do is going out there and finding those things before you know about them and eliminating the threat before it becomes, you know, an actual risk to you, to your business, uh, or to your, you know, your own personal assets. Now, you have another component of Risk IQ, the executive guardian level. Tell me a little bit about that and who it's targeted for. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and to me, this is this is true innovation. To me, being entrepreneurial and innovative is building uh, great technology, but then finding new ways to apply it and new problems to solve and address. And so, the same technology I've been talking about that we use to crawl and look at web pages, we actually realized that we were also Um, discovering things about people. And so we sell to governments, um, their large financial institutions, their, you know, the Fortune 50. And within those companies, you have boards of directors, you have key leaders, you have CEOs, um, the C-suite, as we call them. And because of their, you know, wealth, their financial assets, their high-profile status, what we, we refer to this as your attack surface. So um, we like to say, if you're on the web, you have an attack surface. An attack surface is just a fancy way of saying a way that a bad person can get in, right? Almost like an open door or window. So an attack surface used to just be a web page or a mobile app or a, a server that's sitting out there, but it's actually extending and it's extending to, to actual people. And so vulnerabilities aren't just uh, with web pages, they are with people. Eddie Lampert, for instance, who's well-known multi-billionaire, runs a hedge fund and you know took over Kmart, was kidnapped, and this this was a high-profile case for for his financial assets, and thankfully was safely released. But that was a ploy to get millions of dollars from his family and estate. And so there are many copycat in, instances where. Boards of directors, CEOs, and their families are at risk. And so what Executive Guardian does is it's a service to um, look for information about high-profile individuals. And we currently offer this. We, we don't talk about who we offer it for, but there's some of the most high-profile, notable people that are regularly in the news. And so we're out there while you sleep during the day looking for any leaked information about those individuals. So it could be their home address, it could be their cell phone number, um, any information that a potential attacker could find, information that could be leveraged maliciously if it falls into the wrong hands. So um, we look for that information, we alert you to it right away, but we actually also help to manage the entire process. So if we find anything, we can actually take it off the internet for you. Um, we can take down the server. We can work with law enforcement to make sure that it doesn't become a problem. So there are a variety of things that we look for for our clients from your license plate number to you know the name of your children, the school they go to, anything that could potentially put you at harm. So it can be information that 
you can think of as digital breadcrumbs, if you will, that leave a trail right to you. Um, but it could also be a discussion on the dark web about people who want to you know, kidnap you, cause harm, or, or maybe just having a discussion about you that could be the start of something malicious. And so those are all things that we look for. And, um, you know, some organizations have physical security teams, but physical security teams are typically the bodyguard, the person that travels with you, the person that may do an investigation of a new employee when they hire them, but they don't have the wherewithal or the capability to scan the internet 24-7 like we do. And so think of it almost uh, with Digital Guardian as being an added layer of security. And we offer this, by the way, as a managed service where we're protecting the key people within your organization from harm's way. So are most clients that you sign up with the, the Executive Guardian, are they long-term clients? Is it just a, you know, maybe a temporary situation where they're feeling that there might be some threats out there? What is your, your general kind of relationship with your clients? That's a great question. Um, most of the clients that we offer Digital Guardian to have already been long-term clients of ours. And security is a business of trust. And once you establish that trust, you rely on one another for new threats as they emerge. And so many of our digital guardian customers are already using us to protect their brand, to protect from what we call phishing attacks where people try to steal your information. And you know, so we're finding their digital assets out on the information, out on the internet rather. And so this is a natural extension of what we've already been providing, but now we're protecting people and not just servers and applications and assets. So, so many of them are long-term customers. Unfortunately, threats are usually not short-term. They're ongoing and they don't ever go away. And so most of these are long-term contracts that are applied in addition to a physical security detail. There are situations where issues come up and there's a sense of urgency. And there's a short term or what I would say an immediate need without mentioning the name. One of our clients um, found out that there was a risk and actual talk of their kids being kidnapped for ransom for financial gain. And so immediately that presented an opportunity for us to offer added protection and 24-7 visibility just to provide more insight into those threats and risks and what's going on. And so sometimes it's immediate, but what we find is that um, these relationships are ongoing and long-term and um, they aren't short-term in nature. So when you say that add a, an additional layer of risk, what does that, or sorry, an additional layer of, you know, security, what does that mean? I mean, what do you, what additional, you know, other than what you're already doing on a, a regular basis, if you do see some sort of risk coming or, you know, like you were saying, some potential, you know, a plan in place, so to speak, about this child or something like that, what does that look like when it's sort of a, I guess, in a quote unquote emergency situation? What is kind of your, your, your plan of action? Right. So our clients, um, all of them already have a physical security detail. And so we will work with that team. It's usually a single individual where we will share information, we will share alerts and reports. So it's, think of it as an additional piece of intelligence that a physical security team is aware of. Um, so if they know that there's in, increasing information out there or there's information leak on 
you know, the name of a child's school, that information can just help you put more attention to the actual physical security uh, or take extra steps that you wouldn't normally be taking. So I think that they're actually quite, there's quite a synergy between the two and having that intelligence feed from Risk IQ helps you just um, to be more aware, more alert, provide more phys- physical security, or just take extra steps that you wouldn't normally know that you needed to take. So think of us as additional eyes and ears out there doing electronic surveillance on your clients to help ensure their safety. Are there other companies out there trying to do the same thing? I mean, what sets you guys apart? That's a great question. So there are other organizations out there that try to provide what I would say a holistic approach where they will combine, you know, investigations, private investigations, they will um, provide physical security, and they're also trying to provide electronic surveillance, if you will. However, what sets us apart is that we have spent 10 years building this vast crawling infrastructure where, you know, again, we're looking at billions of elements, pages, information on the dark web, the deep web, you know, mobile applications, you know, many different areas. And it's our use of machine learning to quickly process this information and look for certain things, uh, identifying it. And so that's really what sets us apart. The approach that I've seen with other companies out there who are doing this is they're actually manually querying. So they're doing a Google search, they're looking for a string, a certain piece of information, they might be manually looking at the dark web. So that's really, uh, I guess, to use an analogy, kind of looking through a peephole, if you will. Um, So, you know, when you look through a door and a peephole, you get a little bit of information, but you get a very small picture. What sets us apart from other companies? Um, So there are many companies out there who are tackling this challenge, if you will, But most of them tend to be staffed by former people from the Secret Service, the FBI, and they tend to focus more on physical security. Um, They'll focus on physical security and investigations, things like that. Um, So our approach is very different. We're coming at it from a technological perspective through our infrastructure, which, you know, we, we literally spent 10 years building. We are looking at billions of pages, elements servers, we're discovering things on the deep and dark web. And that approach enables us to look at billions of things. But what we've also built is the equivalent of a DVR where we save all this information. And this record goes back 10 years. So we're able to tell you not only what happened or a discussion about your client that happened yesterday, we can also look back at things that happened three years, five years, eight years ago, we retain all that information. So companies who are doing investigations on the internet try to take a different approach. Usually they're querying. So just like you would type something into Google, we see a lot of companies out there using Google searches to look for client names, client information, Um, but it's a very narrow approach. And I guess the analogy I would use is they're looking through a peephole on the door. So they're getting information but they're only getting a small amount of information, only what they can see, only what they're asking for. Whereas we cast a very broad net and using machine learning, we're able to look at and analyze billions of assets every day. And you know, we find things very quickly. 
we alert to them. We can even dig deeper and do additional analysis. Um, but then we also have a complete workflow where we can take the page offline. The, the term we use is remediation. So we can actually eliminate a page or work with a managed service provider who can block that page or server so it becomes uh, essentially um, no longer part of the internet. And so the approach we take is broader. It's a holistic approach and it's powered by machine learning and massive crawling infrastructure that we call them virtual users. So they act almost like a real person, but they're based all over the world. And so what somebody in Singapore might see is different than something I might see. Uh, at the moment, I happen to be in Miami. So what I might see about a person would be different. And so this information that we gather is gleaned from many, many different physical locations all over the world. Um, and we, we just take a radically different approach. And that's why people often use the term pioneer when they refer to risk IQ. How do you stay one step ahead or gosh, even in sync with the hackers and the those out there who are up to no good and trying to, you know, do damage to, to people, whether it's online or, you know, physical, whatever it is. How do you keep up with that? I mean, there's it's got to change, I would imagine, every moment of every day. Absolutely. It's a tough job, but our roadmap uh, and the investment that we make back into the technology moves really, really quickly. Um, and so we're always looking for new types of threats. So, for instance, there is a major crime syndicate out there called Magecart. Um, and doesn't sound like a threatening name, um, but Magecart is actually uh, nine different groups, and they've um, essentially what Magecart does is they steal credit card information on the internet. And British Airways was attacked by Magecart, and it was an extremely sophisticated attack where they actually changed a few small lines of code on their website where you bought airline tickets. And within a matter of days, they stole over 360,000 credit card numbers, oh um, took that information, and then they eliminated that information on the web page and essentially were gone. So British Airways never even knew this happened. And to give credit to British Airways, this was a very, very difficult attack for them to detect. Um, so we were able to go back, since we look at all this information on a daily basis, and see that attack happening uh, in motion. And I guess to answer your question, that's a new type of attack where they went in and they changed what's called a third-party component. A third-party component means the credit card information was processed through another party, not through British Airways. And they went in and made a very small change to the web page, and they essentially redirected that information to go to their own server. So it's basically, you know, routing traffic from one server to another. Very hard to detect, but those are the types of things that we see when we're crawling these billions of pages. And so we change and adapt our product regularly to be able to detect new attacks as they come out. And so I think if our product were static, we would very quickly lose our ability to um, stay ahead of uh, malware and attackers. But because we see these things and we have a research team that writes about it. We have a blog where we write about all these attacks and we share examples with others. Um, we are able to stay ahead of them and we are able to change our technology in real time to make sure that we 
um, not only keep up, but we're sort of ahead of the the attackers and the um, malicious attacks that are out there on the internet. What do you guys have planned for 2019? Anything, any big developments or any big announcements to make? Sure. So we like to announce things, you know, obviously when we announce them. Um, so I can't talk about what we're going to announce, but I will tell you that we as a company have evolved and, you know, we, we were seeing that we had people who were analysts doing investigations using our technology. We had people in legal reviewing things like domain and trademark or domain and brand infringement online. Um, so people were using our various products in different ways. And so we decided to deliver something that would be more useful to our clients. And so we went away from selling individual point solutions and we brought it all together into one platform. And so this one platform shares all of our intelligence information. And so our, our real focus and what we're excited about is helping companies manage their entire attack surface. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, traditional security approaches have been focused almost entirely on inside of the firewall. And so what we bring is this platform that focuses on all the risk that's outside of the firewall from your physical security and you know the well-being of your executives to protection of your brand to um, you know discovering what we call unknown or rogue assets. Um, so lots of companies think they only have 20 web servers out there. They actually have you know sometimes 40, 80, 100. It's it's often two to three x what they think is out there. And so what we've delivered is one platform that helps you see all the risk outside of your company, identify it and fix it in real time. And so I think if you asked anybody on the executive team, they would tell you we're excited about delivering one holistic platform for companies to manage all of their um, attack surface out there and, and um, keep their company, their data and their executive team safe. Dan, I truly appreciate you giving us your time today. This is, like I said, some incredible information from Risk IQ. Dan, what is the best way for folks to get in touch with you if they do have uh, further questions or would like to look into some of your services? Yeah, I would love to hear from some of the listeners, love to answer any questions. Um, the best way to get in touch with me is just direct through my email. I'm just Dan, D-A-N, at riskiq.net. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again, Dan. We look forward to seeing what you do with Executive Guardian and Risk IQ in 2019. Have a fantastic weekend, and thanks again for coming by. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed the discussion, and uh, it's been an honor to be a part of your podcast. Fabulous. All right, Dan. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. 
If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.